Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. The CDC announced Wednesday that new COVID booster shots for kids age 5 through 11 are now approved by the FDA and CDC. Within a matter of hours, it was already passed through the CDC, but I spoke with local medical experts sharing their thoughts about this brand new booster for kids. An updated booster for the latest strains of the coronavirus. At this point, St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox says there's only been the coronavirus vaccine and booster that protected against the original strain. What the bivalent booster does is it has some of that original formulation as well as an updated formulation that's more protective against the Omicron. This bivalent coronavirus booster is approved for children five years and older for the Pfizer vaccine and six years and older for Moderna. Children would get the booster two to three months after their first set of shots or after a coronavirus infection. Culver pediatrician Dr. Noemi Adame is recommending all her kids and families get the bivalent booster. Not only is it personal protection, but it's also protecting the, um, the rest of the community and most specifically the, the most vulnerable populations. Dr. Adame says it's also helpful for parents that there's a couple years now for safety data showing this vaccine is effective at preventing severe infection and spreading the virus to other people. With the holidays coming up and people are going to be traveling, um, I definitely recommend this as a way to protect not only the children themselves, but the people that they're going to be visiting with. Dr. Fox says child COVID hospitalizations have bumped up slightly at the start of the school year and a booster can offer extra protection going into the holidays and flu season. Even if in the moment, you know, your symptoms are pretty mild from COVID, that repeated exposure to the COVID virus um, carries this risk of, of longer term symptoms. The shots should be available locally by appointment in the next few days. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting there. Competing press conferences from Republicans and Democrats after an Indiana Republican Party lawsuit against St. Joseph County's Democratic clerk and a divisive resolution passed by the county election board. The Republicans say the resolution is unlawful, stripping away rights, while the Democrats say this is just a stunt against the election. The lawsuit is being filed by the Indiana Republican Party along with St. Joseph County GOP election board member Thomas Dixon against County Clerk Rita Glenn and fellow election board member Charles Leone, both Democrats. They claim the resolution would strip Dixon of his rights to review signatures on absentee ballots, lock access, and the secure lock key for the ballot storage room. Even if it were legal, is it the right thing to do? Is it right to pass this resolution and enforce it? Uh, because I, I like to think that the county clerk and the members of the election board ha- have a larger responsibility, which is to inspire confidence in the integrity of our elections. However, St. Joseph County Democrats saying in a press conference that this lawsuit is an attack on the clerk and the local election process. But it's very disheartening that the St. Joseph County GOP leadership is joining in that chorus 
orchestrating an unrelenting, coordinated attack in order to manufacture a fake conspiracy in hopes of gaining, of scoring political points. The lawsuit also mentions a security video of Glenn before the May primary, apparently leaving the ballot room by herself and, according to the clerk's attorney, throwing away trash. Democrats like Gladys Muhammad don't want the lawsuit to discourage the public from voting. Do not allow other people to discourage us from voting because they're going. To, somebody thinks they're going to lose a vote. Vote anyway. While the future of the election board is uncertain right now, Thomas Dixon says he wants them to work together to align with the law. And, and I would pledge that down the road, if a similar resolution comes in down the road, regardless of who the clerk is or what political affiliation they have, I will oppose it because I think it's a clear usurpation of the law. Republican election board member Thomas Dixon. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reported this story. New life could be coming to the former AM General plant in St. Joseph County. Local officials are excited, saying this electric vehicle manufacturer shows real potential. Mullen Automotive could be the new owner. The company was the only eligible buyer at a bankruptcy auction last week. Now a hearing is scheduled to finalize the deal, which includes all of Elm's assets. A handful of companies have called this plant home over the past 10 years, but local officials are optimistic about Mullen. Once again, we could be in the middle of, you know, kind of the this innovation hub. Excitement from the president and CEO of the South Bend Chamber. Not only uh, that the, did they find a great facility here, but they found uh, some uh, some workers who were, you know, already playing in this space that might help them get started a little faster than otherwise. It's not a done deal yet, and it's not known what the company will do with the plant in St. Joseph County. Is there any guarantee that they will for sure keep the facility here in Mishawaka and will stay here? I mean, is it still possible that they would just sell it? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think that, um, that, that it'd be a very highly unlikely. Ray says the space is already set up to manufacture electric trucks, which is something Mullen is doing as well. It's still a long way for them to go. If you looked at like what their stock prices are on today, their stock prices aren't uh, very high. They are banking on... Uh, uh, the technology, the rollout of their new vehicles. Shares actually sliding to a new low in Wall Street today, marking one of the largest declines in the market. I would say the putting of these places pieces together as well, too. So the, the Bollinger piece and the Elms piece, I think, helps give them a portfolio to sort of build upon. And with the possibility of Ultium choosing the new Carlisle area for a $2.5 billion electric vehicle battery plant, Ray is excited for the future. So this thought that we have this almost like little cluster of uh, of uh, electric vehicle batteries in production facilities, uh, you know, could be a real plus. Ray has not spoken directly with the company, but expects those talks to begin as soon as the deal is finalized. That's when we could learn more about the potential impact the new plant will have in our area. We did reach out to the company for comment, but have not heard back. WSBT 22's Delaney Clark reporting. A recent controversial speaker at a local high school prompted questions from parents. What are their kids learning about sex and relationships, and what does the law say about parental consent? Sex education is not required in Indiana or Michigan schools, but is taught in many school districts, and there are state laws about how that type of curriculum is presented. We should have given the parents an opportunity to excuse their children from the assembly. That is the superintendent of Edwardsburg Public Schools at the district's last school board meeting. The statement is a summary report of the investigation and the events surrounding the assembly. Superintendent Jim Knoll is talking about an outside speaker who spoke to the entire high school student body in September. 
That speaker is Pam Stencil, an outspoken, self-proclaimed pro-life conservative. She was brought to the school by Life Plan, a nonprofit that says it's gospel-centered. The best choice is before you have sex. Video of Stencil's Edwardsburg Assembly is now available on the school district's website. She talked a lot about the effects of STDs and pregnancy. Teen moms, serious responsibility, girls. This is not a game. This is not a new puppy. And my suggestion to the boys sitting here today is that you had better think about that before you have sex. After, if you're not married, it's too late. Stencil focuses heavily on abstinence. She also shares her own story and talks about why she was given up for adoption. My biological father is a rapist. I don't even know my ethnicity. But I am still a human being. Yes. And I still have value. And I don't believe that my life is worth less than yours just because of the way I was conceived. And I don't believe that I deserve the death penalty because of the crime of my biological father. The biggest problem with Stencil's talk was that parents didn't know it was going to happen. And some parents said they didn't agree with what was in it. Based on the investigation, the team found that the content of the presentation included the subject of reproductive health, including the uh, prevention of sexually transmitted diseases and advocating abstinence. The district, the district did not provide parents an advance notice, any, excuse me, any advance notice of the content of the assembly, nor did the district provide parents with the prior opportunity to excuse their children from attending the assembly. The district should have done so. But what does state law say? In Michigan, schools are not required to teach sex education, but if they do, the law says parents must be notified in advance of the content and materials and that parents can have their kids excused from it. The law also says the instruction must be elective and that it should be given by qualified educators. In Indiana, sex education is also not required, but if a school elects to teach it, it must be based on abstinence and schools are required to get parental consent. The law says local school boards can set policy regarding how families can opt out. In Edwardsburg. And uh, the reason I came here, the reason I've spent a lot of my life also speaking to teenagers is because I wouldn't want any of you sitting in here to ever have to make a choice like the superintendent now says a team is preparing a formal report that will include corrective action to ensure the situation does not reoccur. He says that will likely include changes to board policy and the district's administrative guidelines. Now, Edwardsburg superintendent did respond to some additional questions. He says the district does have sex education and instruction and parents are notified in advance, but he says in this particular situation, the district made a mistake. He says if parents have concerns, they can also speak with the teacher of the class, the building administrator, and the office. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. Health officials in St. Joseph County say fentanyl overdose deaths are on the rise in our area and across the nation. October is National Substance Abuse Prevention Month, and one South Bend man shares his story of addiction here. He also warns we're walking a scary line with fentanyl. And my first experience was, was with a friend who introduced that particular drug to me. I mean, I had smoked marijuana and done cocaine in the past, and I would call myself a functioning addict because I worked every day. 
Jeffrey Walker lives in South Bend, and he spent a portion of his life addicted to what some call the it drug of the early 2000s, a term that's now used for a different drug that's piquing interest of local health officials. I came to this community just about 15 years ago when we had a, the drug of choice then was, was meth. Then it shifted and we saw more heroin. Now it's even shifted again where now we're seeing the fentanyl. Not only do health officials warn fentanyl is more dangerous than heroin, Walker says hiding it and other drugs won't be an issue for anyone looking to sell it. Some of the street dealers would, would sell you anything and as a, and an addict, you're pretty gullible. You will probably be apt to um, purchase anything unknowingly just because your motivation is driven just to get this thing. Local health officials say the number of EMS calls for fentanyl-laced drugs continues to increase. Those calls Walker knows well. Just seeing the really the disappointment in my, in my parents' eyes, especially my mom, and finding myself in some really dangerous situations and not knowing if I would leave these situations dead or alive. Which is why he decided it was time to turn his life around and is now the executive director of the Beacon Resource Center. He uses his experience to help people with addiction every day and spreads awareness to better the community. People are resilient, people are strong, um, but we have to reach for help and we have to ask for help. Walker now focuses on working with those who were incarcerated, coming home and connecting them with employers. WSBT 22's Ann Lurie reporting. Notre Dame alum Mike Golick and his family are giving tens of thousands of dollars in local grants. The new year-round grant program is open to all local nonprofits. There's no place like home, and for the Golick family, this is it. That's why they're awarding $100,000 in grants to local nonprofits. Notre Dame alum Mike Golick says the annual Golick Subpar Classic Golf Tournament raised tens of thousands of dollars for charity. With its success, he and his family wondered why they couldn't do more to help year-round. Between my, my wife and I, we were so adamant that it go to local, you know, um, foundations that, you know, don't get the national dollars that, that, you know, kind of the national foundations get. We wanted to keep it more local. Credit Union One already partnered with the Golick Family Foundation for the charity golf event, which benefited the Logan Center, Center for the Homeless, Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and the South Bend Animal Resource Center. If we can find other ways to raise money as well, that's just more uh, foundations and organizations that we can help. That, that's the goal, help as many as we can. Now, the two organizations are making their biggest splash yet. Applications for grants are now open. Credit Union One's present says they're hoping to make it a yearly thing, awarding up to $25,000 each quarter. We may go ahead and say, hey, there's four of them that are deserving and divide it out equally amongst the four or five, or we may have one where we feel like it'll be such a great impact that we'll donate all 25000 if your nonprofit isn't selected this year, your application will be held onto to be considered for future awards. I think everybody in South Bend has a passion for helping their community and their neighbors. So let's, let's hope uh, there's no end in sight. Applications will be accepted on a rolling basis. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 